Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Well, we have dueling town hall meetings this evening. Um, The first one, NBC News announced that there will be a town hall meeting tonight uh, with Donald Trump at 8 p.m., a one-hour event moderated by Savannah Guthrie. This will be held outside at the Perez Art Museum in Miami. And simultaneously, uh, ABC will be doing a town hall meeting right here in Philadelphia uh, with Joe Biden, moderated by the ever unbiased George Stephanopoulos. So we will see, um, as we uh, spoke of last week, uh, Donald Trump um, did not uh, take the bait uh, to go with a virtual debate. There was no um, scientific uh, compelling argument to do that. And he said, I'm, I'm not doing a uh, simultaneous or excuse me, a virtual debate with Joe Biden. So Joe Biden went ahead and scheduled a town hall and and Donald Trump brilliantly, as he always does, he is the master counterpuncher, um, scheduled something for the same time, a uh, an opportunity NBC could not turned down, uh, always in competition with CBS and ABC. So we shall see um, who gets the better ratings here. I think that probably will be a no-brainer, but not necessarily. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people perhaps will like to see Joe Biden, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, unencumbered, uninterrupted, and perhaps this will be... Um, a bonus for Republicans out there um, to, to see uh, many, uh, myself included last week or the preceding week, contended that if Donald Trump would have just let Joe Biden speak, he would have done himself a tremendous favor. Uh, Joe Biden, as I've said countless times on this show, he is not demented. He does not have Alzheimer's, but he is seriously uh, impaired from a cognitive standpoint. And he will be 78 next month. So um, I have never joined in with all of the uh, pundits that have labeled him this or that or the other. But his um, cognitive deterioration is that uh, of any man that is in his late 70s. Perhaps it is a little greater And that is of concern if you are going to be the leader of the free world. So, you know, maybe tonight uh, what the Democrats uh, saw as an opportunity. Okay, Donald Trump is bailing and we'll we'll show them that we're up for giving the American people a a look at Joe Biden. Maybe that works against Joe Biden. Uh, He certainly uh, just in the last few days, um, one day in particular, was more gaff ridden than he usually is. And they were not small gaffes either. Um, the, again, I'm not a Joe Biden fan in any way, shape, manner, or form feel that he would be disastrous for this country. But in, unless you're a bloodthirsty politico and this is your, you're a political junkie and this is what you do every day. It's, very, it's actually very sad to see him when he stutters and stammers and searches for words. That would be sad enough if he were not auditioning for 
being the president of the United States. So um, the biggest uh, and most egregious of the gas, um, you know, he, he did his usual, I'm running as a proud Democrat for Senate. Um, that's cringeworthy because he has done that many, many, many times. And as Senator Santorum said uh, a few weeks back when people were um, patting him on the back for putting a few sentences together in his debate with Donald Trump, uh, uh, Senator Santorum said, not so fast. If you've been in politics for 47 years, you have some pretty deep neural pathways that you have burned into your uh, brain and you do seem to go on autopilot quite a bit. And that that's one of the reasons that Joe Biden did as well as he did in the debate against Donald Trump. Um, that recall is just there, giving thousands and thousands of speeches and, and going through debates um, as much as Do- um, Joe Biden has done. However, uh, that being said, a gaffe is a gaffe, but over and over again, saying that you're a proud Democrat for the Senate when you are running for the leader of the free world position is extraordinarily problematic. Um, the biggest one, which again was was rather cringeworthy, and I think sadness comes to mind more than anything else, is when he was searching and stammering and stuttering, um, trying to recall Mitt Romney's name. Now, for those of you that um, I don't know who I'm talking to that does not know who Mitt Romney was, but he was certainly um, Joe Biden and um, Joe Biden's boss, Barack Obama's competitor in um, 2012. So for Joe Biden to have a brain fart, if you will, on the name of Mitt Romney, uh, stuttering and stammering and, and searching and calling him that senator who was a Mormon, that that governor guy, that was embarrassing. That was horrible. And again, I'm no marketing person, but I, I cannot imagine that the lowest level marketing person within the Trump campaign has not taken that audio, uh, visual and put it into a campaign ad somewhere. Um, we're running out of time here. We're less than three weeks to go. Um, but uh, a gaff reel, if you will, culminating with the latest one of uh, Vice President Biden not even recalling the name of the man who ran against Barack Obama in 2012. That's not good, guys. That is not good stuff. Um Anyway, much of the news cycle in the last week or so has been, in my estimation, and we discussed it on this show countless times, the suppression of free speech by big tech, if you will, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, Fast and furiously, as this thing mercifully draws to a close here in 2020, we are getting uh, just a, a daily dose of what happens in, uh, in dictatorships and third world countries throughout the world. And if you thought you would never see it in the United States of America, think again. Uh, propaganda and propagandists are, um, are alive and well in the United States of America in the year 2020. And this is when I always uh, put the needle back on the record and go to um, 
speaking to those of you that do believe in Jesus Christ, you have to go to the Bible for wisdom on every issue of the day and how you comport yourself and how you talk to people and how you persuade people and how you, uh, where you go for information. Um, this notion that the Bible is not going to guide you with all the myriad of issues that we're all facing today is just silliness. The Bible is tried and true. It has been for thousands of years and it will be for thousands of more years. And for you or I, <clears throat> to uh, avail ourselves to an ever-dwindling um, set of uh, or repositories of, uh, of thought or true um, factual uh, data, if you will, or dissemination of truth, um, that sliver is, is getting smaller. That, that piece of the information pie is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and this is illustrated by the fact that the, the most recent egregious act of free speech suppression is um, by Facebook and Twitter. Uh, there were new revelations, not revelations, but just more evidence of the profound corruption that is um, involved with the Hunter Biden story. Um, some emails were found on a computer that allegedly was his that completely and utterly refutes Joe Biden's categorical denial that he had any um, uh, knowings of any of uh, Hunter Biden's business deals abroad. And this email uh, completely and utterly contradicts that. And and when the, um, the contents of that email were um, exposed, and people wanted um, you and I and everybody to to digest that and just come to whatever conclusion we come to. Um, that information, that New York Post article on the corruption involving the Biden family was uh, blocked by Facebook and Twitter. And this is just the... Um, this is just the most recent of a very long uh, drumbeat of free speech um, suppressions, if you will, by these entities. They have suspended um, uh, Kaylee uh, McEnany, uh, her uh, Twitter account. Glenn Beck has been silenced. Ted Cruz, uh, they've suspended Trump's campaign Twitter feed. So it's, it's a blatant attempt to disseminate information that they feel is um, advantageous for them. And by them, I mean big tech, liberals, Democrats, statists, Marxists, and conversely suppress information that may or may not be true, but um, you and I should decide that and have the ability to, to decide that. And when these entities are so blatant in their blocking of conservative thought, it's really chilling. It, it's it's um, it's Orwellian, and it's it's not even um, done discreetly. It's done overtly, and I don't know about you, but I um, I don't know how long this is going to be tolerated. Um, I know Representative Jim Jordan has a uh, has a problem with it. I I know um, Senator Hawley has a problem with it, but if if you're me. I, I look 
when Jeff Zuckerberg is on the hot seat and these other CEOs, um, this Dorsey gentleman uh, of Twitter, when they're on the hot seat, particularly in the case of Jeff um, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, sorry, um, they have this really weird lobotomized hostage video look on their face when they're being asked very, very simple questions by conservatives um, in these um, in these congressional hearings. And, and it's really it's really pretty bizarre how you can be caught with you up to your armpit in the cookie jar as uh, Zuckerberg and many of these other um, CEOs of these entities are and and to just massage the English language and and give some tortured excuse for what is documented blatant um, uh, slanted suppression of one side of thought over the other is just really breathtaking to me. Uh, I think the latest um, example of that is um, is uh, this Jack Dorsey, who is the Twitter CEO. He tweeted out, our communication around our actions on the New York Post article was not great. And blocking URL sharing via tweet or DM with zero context as to why we're blocking it was unacceptable, Dorsey tweeted. So that may sound like, oops, I'm really sorry we did that. But that non-statement statement is very consistent with the things I hear from Zuckerberg. Uh, the the wordsmithing when they are on the hot seat saying, this is unfortunate. This should not have occurred. But the fact of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, it, it just keeps occurring. And um, I, I referenced Senator Hawley. I'll read this here. It says, Hawley um, calls Dorsey's responses to censorship of the New York Post um, story a joke, and he demands an explanation. And the next words in caps are under oath. This article says Senator Josh Hawley said Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's response to the platform censoring a New York Post report on Biden's family foreign business dealings was a joke and demanded answers under oath regarding the move. Um, he tweets out, this is not nearly good enough. In fact, it's a joke. It's downright insulting. I will ask you and Facebook to give an explanation under oath to the Senate subcommittee I chair. These are potential violations of election law, and that's a crime. Now, here's where something may change. Uh, you and I as conservatives, or if we're Christians, faith-based voters, we see wrong in front of us every single day. And it really seems that nobody ever gets called um, on account of, of what they do, or there is no retribution, or there is no justice, if you will. Um, the Lord does say, vengeance is mine. So routinely, um, it is this last few weeks leading up to this presidential election. But anyway, I digress. So we all look at these things. We look at Zuckerberg sitting there with this lobotomized 
glazed look over his face. It's just really weird and creepy. And when he's asked very pointed questions with his hand, with his arm firmly up to his shoulder in the cookie jar, the responses he gives are just surreal. They're, they're intellectually vacuous. They're, they're just, as I said earlier, um, it's like somebody's in a hostage video being injected with something. It's really just odd. Where I think this may change, ladies and gentlemen, is the last line of Senator Hawley's tweet, which is, this is a violation, excuse me, a violation of election law. So outside of an election cycle, you know, it has been going on since time and memoriam that the conservative stuff has been blunted and the uh, nonsense uh, from the left has been allowed. Um it, it, it became so egregious that these um, disseminators of information uh, have put these little boxes, uh, just ask Glenn Beck, put these little boxes on comments and articles saying this has not been fact checked by our little snot nosed um, liberal fact checker who barely has, um, you know, graduated from college uh, to be deemed um accurate or inaccurate. So that is their cute little way of of answering why are you suppressing conservative thought rather than liberal thought? And their cute little way of answering that without really answering that is put these stupid boxes on tweets and, and um, articles uh, and things that are passed along by conservatives saying this is not checked. And and furthermore, um, and again, ask Glenn Beck, uh, if, if they are spanked, if you will, by this snot-nosed little fact checker more than once, I think three times, then you're banned for a certain amount of time. How convenient. So when truth is is very much needed the the antiseptic light of truth very much needed as our country is either going to go one way or another in 20 days this is when the fact checkers are ratcheting up their warnings the suppression of free speech is is even greater and Again, if you're not careful and and you don't know the Lord and you don't know he is sovereign over all, you could easily say there is no possible way Donald Trump ever gets elected with all of this pressure of the entertainment complex, the media complex, the education complex, uh, foreign entities, uh, big tech, every gun possible pointed at him. There's absolutely no way that anybody could sustain this. The voter fraud, I could go on and on and on. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. I've been walking with the Lord for about 34 years and I'm very slowly, but very surely in recent days, starting to get hopeful that all of this is going to backfire and when I read Galatians 6, 7, that says the Lord will not be mocked, um, I'm just envisioning, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm just envisioning God up there watching all these people trying to suppress truth, trying to throw ballots in garbage cans, trying to uh, 
again, you know, with, with the suppression of truth, I know that individuals that have taken pictures of, um, ballots, uh, that they have seen that were mailed to, uh, deceased relatives to fill out and send back. And when they put pictures such as that, uh, when they, uh, put those in a public medium, they were censored. Can't do that. Why can't you do that? Because the narrative of all these social media moguls is voting is secure, voting is safe, yada, yada, yada. Well, that strains common sense because there's enough stories and many of them are being suppressed, but there's enough stories of ballots and dumpsters of voting machines that have 500 votes for the Democrat on them before they even are delivered. Uh, And we could go on and on and on. So we know, and you don't have to be a, a political junkie to know this. We know that voting is is very corruptible in in this country. And I don't know the the crazier things get um, as we get closer and closer to this election. In a very odd way, I am getting more confident and more confident that Donald Trump will be reelected. And I just feel that way because I know our Lord up above has a line that you better not cross. His love and his patience for everyone, Democrats, Republicans, Christians, non-Christians, sinners, saints, whatever, his patience and his tolerance and his lack of slapping us around Uh, when he could very easily slap us around is profound and it it is lengthy and it is illustrative of his love for us. But I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is not infinite and you can only put a greasy thumb in Jesus Christ's eye so many times with so much of this chicanery that the Lord will say enough. And when he says enough, there ain't no returning. So um, the crazier and crazier this thing gets, the more confident I am that the Lord is going to again cast um, his blessing on this great nation and not let us slide into um, into the abyss. So um on with the, what we're saying, it, this this article here says Senate committee will vote Tuesday to subpoena Twitter CEO over um, the Biden corruption story. So um, this this uh, was today. So it's going to be in a few days. They're going to do this. And so they're not playing around. Um, we are going to proceed Tuesday. Committee chairman Len, Lindsey Graham, um, South Carolina Republican, told reporters um, and he says Twitter yesterday blocked a New York Post story about emails that were alleged, allegedly discovered on a laptop that belonged to Democrat presidential nominee's son, Hunter Biden. Um, among other things, the report alleges that he set up a meeting between the then Vice President Joe Biden and a senior official from the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma. Um, and as I said before, this goes in... Uh, direct conflict with what Joe Biden has said on the record many times that he never met with anybody, never was asked to meet with anybody. His 
son's business dealings um, abroad were not any of his concern and he was not involved in any of that. So um, this, if it is true, and we should be allowed to decide if it is or it isn't, this story was blunted um, by Twitter. And the Senate Judiciary Committee wants some answers. They want to know. Um, the end of the paragraph says, this is an election interference, plain and simple. And we are 19 days out from an election. It has no precedent in history of democracy. The Senate Judiciary Committee wants to know what the hell is going on. And again, you know, this may not be your average blah, 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 blah. It was very unfortunate. Blah, 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 blah. It was a low level employee. Blah, 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 blah. It'll never happen again. If you're talking about election interference, that is a federal crime. And if somebody has to pay a hefty fine or go to jail for this, then maybe this will stop. Now, if you hearken back to where I was several months ago when conservatives were crying about this, my take on it was a little bit softer than it is today. And I'm not, I'm a conservative, so I'm not a big fan of regulating and, and legislating and uh, these, these entities. However, when you're talking about monopolies, when you're talking about entities that are colluding together, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, to systematically thwart conservative thought and promote liberal thought, um, to, to defeat Republicans, to promote Democrats, then this is a little bit different. And now we're talking about um, election fraud, which is certainly something we weren't talking about several months ago. My simple answer to it then was I'm a little queasy about um, reforms uh, on high from Washington that that slapped down industry. I never have been a big fan of that. Um, my solution to that has always been the free market. Um can you say Fox? Uh, Fox News came onto the scene in the mid-90s because there was nobody, and I mean nobody, really telling the truth about things that were going on out there. It was MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, and they were all blah, 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 saying the same thing. And Fox saw a need. They saw a market, um, and they exploited it. And they become the the uh, you know mega billion mega billion dollar entity that they are now, and so I'm I'm a big believer of of uh, if you feel this is wrong, come up with an entrepreneurial idea such as Fox News, and then go with it. And now Fox News, and I've realized this for several years, not a big Fox News fan, has been. Um, kind of the home for soft Republicans, and they've slapped around conservative Republicans. Uh, a friend of mine, Rick Santorum, and later um, Ted Cruz and countless others. Um, so guess what? There's other entities that have um, popped up all over the place. Newsmax and several other entities, uh, smaller entities that I'm, I'm not going to promote or name, but so they're coming out. And, and if, if, if you want to play that game, uh, rest assured, there there will be people that will 
come out with something, call it whatever you will, that will compete with Twitter, that will compete with YouTube, that will compete with Facebook in some way, or they may just be a, a better version of those things and they may disseminate information in another way that may be appealing to millions and millions of people. Um, and when more and more people wake up to what I'm talking about today, then, you know, perhaps um, one of two things will happen. These entities will get it together or they will lose more and more market share. I suspect it would be the latter um, because they're not in the business of, of getting it together or disseminating uh, information out fairly. It's just not in their DNA and it's not in the DNA of the people that back these entities to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. So they will probably be content with their ever dwindling market share and just take their lumps. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that happening. However, um, this Senate committee, um, it'll be interesting to see if, um, the, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey goes out and he gives a, uh, Zuckerberg esque performance where he just sits there and, and stares at, through the camera like he's on Quaaludes um, and um, we'll see um, so anyway we are going to go on to um, a couple of other things here I, I noticed the other day um, you know the, the back and forth the perpetual back and forth of, uh, of uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump on the on the subject of taxes, and you know we've talked about a lot of things uh, on this show and in the public uh, square and in the news cycle um, in the last six months. But taxes have have um, have not been one of those things that we really hit home about. And and let me tell you something: taxes are in the area of the economy, and the economy year in and year out, is always going to be um, a major, major issue. Yes, this year it's COVID-19. Yes, it is safety and rioting in the streets um, and, and several other big, big issues. But um, those issues directly affect the economy. And even if those issues were not in play, a constant in every election cycle is taxes because if, if, if we're safe in the streets and there is no COVID and we're allowed to roam freely and conduct business the way we want to conduct business, there is one party that clearly wants their hands in your pockets and that is the Democrat party. And there is a party that is not too far behind the Democrat party and that is the Republican party. So you're never going to hear me say, Democrats are for raising your taxes. Republicans are for lowering your taxes because it's not that simple. There's plenty of Republicans um, in Washington that um, have raised your taxes uh, terribly over their time in Washington. So it's, it's just not that simple. However, it is a given that in general, Democrats are going to raise your taxes um, redistribute, if you will, that largesse to disaffected groups and more or less buy their votes. It is an age-old phenomenon. It's not going away anytime soon. But what concerns me uh, when I when I see these 
um, actual quotes from Joe Biden saying he will indeed raise your taxes. And when we are all pretty assured that many of the people with high influence in a Biden administration are really chomping at the bit to get more and more of your tax dollars to um, to pay for many, many goodies that go out to people that will in turn vote for Democrats um, for the next 50 years. So it is of concern, but where it really starts to concern me and, and is a, you know, a permeating theme on our show, we always, we always try to discuss the intersection of uh, religion and politics, if you will, is when, um, and th- this is my big problem, as many of you know, who follow this show with the social justice left or the Christian left, um, and, and our Pope, sadly, uh, Pope Francis, uh, say he is a big socialist, a big redistributor of health, a, or, excuse me, of wealth, a big enemy of capitalism, which is really bizarre because these are, these are not Christ-like or the, these are not biblical principles. Um, but when, when people on the social justice left and politicians such as Joe Biden and Barack Obama did it as well, try to tell us that it is uh, it is biblical to pay a disproportionate amount of taxes or egregious amount of taxes, and and they pervert scripture and try to to in a very tortured way um, look at uh, scripture as a as a green light, if you will, from God that the state can raise your taxes in any way they want to um, until you cry uncle, then they'll, they'll ask you to give more is really offensive to me. And, um, you know, I can, I can only, you know, quote, uh, this goes back for a long time here, but it's really starting to pick up steam within a faith-based community, social justice leftist. And it's really troubling. I know that, um, Barack Obama, I'll quote him from his prayer breakfast a few years ago. He uh, he says, the rich should pay more, not only because I actually think that is going to make economic sense, but for me as a Christian, it also coincides with Jesus's teaching that for unto whom much is given, much shall be required. And um, Barack Obama has a penchant for combining uh, verses a little, hey, that's this is good over here. I'll go a few books over here and add a little bit to that. And it's all kind of scripture. And I'm going to help Mr. Obama a little bit. I, I think what he's alluding to is Luke 12, 48, which says, but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows for everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And we could go into how the left perverts scripture on the, um, the, uh, the talents given to the workers and they buried it. And, and we can go on and on, uh, about a, a whole host of things. But, but the fact of the matter is, let me, let me, let me take the 5,000 foot view here since we're not, um, holding a, uh, a biblical class of anything here. Let me take the 5,000 foot view and kind of educate you a little bit. It's all well and good that God said, render to Caesar 
uh, that is uh, that is owed to Caesar, and and God clearly wants us to pay our taxes, but that doesn't mean in any way, shape, or form that we should not um, have a big problem with, or at the least, debate about entities um, putting a gun to our head, um, uh, metaphorically, but in some countries, literally and telling rich people to continue to cough it up um, under the guise of, of uh, Scripture. It's, it's just not there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so it, when, when people try to do that, I think they miss the obvious. And here is the obvious. Uh, the Lord does want us to pay our taxes. The Lord does want us to respect our, and obey our government. And, and that is that is scriptural. But my question is, and I think it's a good one, when those entities that the Lord set up, he set up governments and he respects governments, when they become perverse and corrupt and the money that is taken out of poor people's paychecks, it may not be federal money, but boy, you're getting taxed left, right, and crazy and a whole host of other areas, uh, locally, regionally, state-wise. Um, if you're poor, if you're middle class, if you're rich, everybody is taxed uh, to the hilt. Um, if, if you're getting taxed like that by um, a government that is taking that money and um, using it for purposes that are not only not having anything to do with the Bible, but actually doing things that are in direct conflict of the Bible, then I don't know how much um, we should just sit back and not even discuss it or just kind of take it, if you will. So, um, and, and this leads me to the fact that the the, the government is, is basically just a middleman. And when, when it comes to the Lord wanting to give to the poor, if you will, let, let's just take an issue that the social justice left loves the poor. They, they feel that um, our leaders, our municipalities, our legislatures have every right to tell us to cough it up and pay more and more and more um, in the form of all sorts of social goodies to people that may or may not deserve them. It doesn't really matter if they deserve them or they don't. Um, what tends to happen, ladies and gentlemen, when you rely on corrupt governments, and they're all corrupt to one degree or another, of taking this money and then quote unquote doing good with it, educating or housing illegal aliens, giving money to able-bodied people on a daily basis that have absolutely no intention of working. Um, and I could go on and on encouraging um, uh, families, uh, or excuse me, destroying families by encouraging people to um, have sex outside of wedlock, have children, and expect the government to pay for those children. Um, that may sound kind of hard-hearted on my part, but the Lord is a respecter of marriage and the commitment of marriage. And Democrat uh, principles throughout the years have, have not only um, been hostile to marriage, they've actually encouraged people not to marry and to have children and to have many children. 
And if anybody raises an eyebrow about that, they're called one name or another. So those are just three things off the top of my head that government does very poorly when it comes to taking your tax dollars and redistributing them or um, giving them to someone else that may or may not deserve them. And and um, let me let me take it a step further here. What that does is that kind of perpetuates an ongoing problem that we have in this country. And it's a problem that Democrats are not only okay with, but they actually foster or foment discontent. Um, and we, we chronicled this a few shows ago. If you, if you look at the groups that Democrats um, want to pit against one another, it is very lengthy, old against young, black against white, poor against rich, uh, female against male. Um, and we could go on and on and on and on and just list 20 different um, things that Democrats just love to get you angry with your neighbor and vice versa. But let's just go back to taxes here. Um, if you have, and, and this is what I, I, I think our friends on the social justice left do not understand. So I'll, I'll make a, I'll make a little story or a little illustration here. And if you're on the social justice left, listen to this, you, you may get educated. If you have a rich man that lives in a big house up on the hill and you got a poor guy that lives in a van down by the river, um, and you feel as as a social justice left or a social justice Christian that you are doing the right thing by metaphorically now putting a gun to the head of the rich guy and tell him telling him to cough up more money so the poor guy can get out of his van and get some clothes and 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 just get out of the squalor that he lives in if you think that's a good idea to let the government by and large be the middleman in that scenario and you think you're doing the lord's work as Barack obama alluded here that christ would like us to pay a little bit more if we got it um i think it misses the point everything that god orchestrates um, this side of the clouds is to make you and i more christ-like and to have more of a christ-like heart for our fellow man and I don't know if anything that would do more damage to that or make that far less of a reality than angering the rich guy who probably has some erroneous preconceived notions about the poor guy and um, taking his money at the butt of or at the point of a gun um, again, metaphorically, um, not literally, and giving it to the poor guy who has some preconceived notions about the rich guy, probably many of which are in error as well. And, 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 and trying to sell that scenario as a good scenario, Christ is glorified there. Um, the, the old saying is liberals are very, very generous with other people's money. And I'm telling you when you're generous with other people's money, either, quite literally, or if you vote for people that will take other people's money in the form of taxes and redistribute it to poor people just so you can feel good about yourself, I think you're missing it. And what you're missing is God is not necessarily all about the guy that's rich 
giving up some of what he has um, as a, a government uh, because of a government edict and giving it to the poor guy so he can have a little bit more. I think God has a bigger thing in mind here. And what he has in mind is he wants to change the heart, plural, of the poor guy and the rich guy. And you don't do that by angering the rich guy and building more animus with the poor guy because the poor guy's not going to be content with the goodies he gets from the government for very long. He'll be content with that for a while, but then he'll say, you know, my 50, and, and this is a this is a statement I've said over the years that is not controversial, but it's always twisted and people think it's controversial. But think about it, guys. It's not. We have the richest poor on the planet. You interview a poor person in the four corners of the earth and you tell them this is a poor person in the United States of America. They have a car. They have a flat screen TV. They have a microwave. They have three meals a day, pretty nice clothes. And there's probably more than one smartphone within that household. The average poor person in the four corners of the earth would sit there with nothing coming out of their mouth and their mouth just wide open. Okay. So let's just start there. So back to my original point, the poor guy at some point in time is going to say this 50 inch flat screen sucks. I want a 60. I want a 70. And then he complains to his politician and he votes for a politician that vows he's going to take more chunks out of the rich guy's hide. Now, what does that do? That angers the rich guy who probably worked very, very hard for his money. And it, it, it puts the poor guy in a situation where he doesn't look introspectively at anything, why he or she may be poor. He has nothing but animus for the rich guy, and he always will. Now, let's take the middleman out of this equation for a second. Let's just say the government is not involved in this um, Ponzi scheme, if you will. And let's say Jesus is involved. Let's say the local church is involved. Now we're cooking with gas because what happens is if we take the middleman who has nefarious intent, most of them don't have give a rat's rear end about the poor. They're using them for votes and political leverage and to enrich themselves. Okay, so let's take them out of the equation. Let's let the local church minister to the rich guy on the hill and the poor guy in the van down by the river. What tends to happen over the course of time is hopefully they become saved, they become born-again Christians, they become walking with Jesus, and their hearts are not hardened, they're not um, uh, stoked with a stick by political operatives that want one guy to be mad at the other guy and the other guy to be resentful of the first guy. They're, the hearts start to grow and they start to be flooded with love. And the rich guy gives out of compulsion to be as Christ-like as he can. And he gives generously to entities um, like his local church. And then his local church takes care of the poor. And the local church preaches the word of God while they're taking care of the poor, 
or God forbid, well, that poor choice of words, um, liberal forbid, the rich guy is compelled to employ the poor guy and take him out for coffee. And the poor guy, liberal forbid, starts to become introspective and starts to analyze why he or she may be in the van down by the river. So the rich guy has more money in his pocket to put up risk capital, to have a small business, to employ the poor guy. And he loves the poor guy. And all his preconceived notions of the poor guy being this, this, or this start to slowly melt away because the love of Christ has changed his heart and his respect for his fellow man is where it needs to be. And then the poor guy, because the rich guy uh, has given him an opportunity or the rich guy donates lots of money to the church that has helped the poor guy and the poor guy's family, starts to soften and not think that the rich guy was this and this and this and this, like some political party told him it was. And the poor guy starts to have love and respect for the rich guy. Do you see where I'm going, ladies and gentlemen? When you put the corrupt middleman called the government, called the Democrat Party, in the middle of this, the rich guy's always gonna call the poor guy names not understand his plight at all. The poor guy's going to call the rich guy names and not understand what it took for him to make the money he made. The church is getting squeezed out left, right, and crazy because nobody wants them to be uh, preaching the word of God because um, our society's hostile toward that. So heretofore, before all of this state-run uh goody uh, dissemination, if you will. Um, before all of this, the church had a very prominent role in the country in helping the poor. And when taxes were low, rich people or upper middle class people could donate more to the church or create businesses and create wealth that in turn helps the poor and the disadvantaged. But when the, the greedy um nefarious middleman gets involved with that, keeps one group angry with the other group. Christ is watching a ping pong match here. Nobody is believing in Jesus. Um, and it's, it's just a mess. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And, and what really offends me is taxes are a big deal and oppressive taxation just crushes poor people, middle-class people, rich people, everybody. It just crushes them and makes you more beholding to the state. And it's not a good thing because the greater the state becomes in any country, the historically, the smaller the church becomes and the smaller um, are, are the likelihood that the free exercise of religion is squelch. So, that's my little story about taxes and how terrible they are. And, and when, when politicians start to take Bible verses out of context as an excuse to just beat down prosperous people, many of which are the, are the most generous Christ-like individuals on the face of the earth, it just offends me. So in the remaining couple minutes we have in the show here, let's, um, let's just take it back to some verses that may give you some comfort in these troubled times, these 19 days before a big election. Um, no particular order. Luke 8, 17. 
For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. This is a verse that should give you some hope if you feel all the voter corruption and all the crazy deals and all the suppression of evidence in cases against political figures that may be prominent and and people paraded up for Senate subcommittees and nothing ever happens to them. Why don't you chew on Luke 8, 17 a little bit and take comfort that our Lord knows all. He's watching every nefarious deed that is going on now and every day until the election. And um, it's he's not missing anything. So he's going to take care of this, ladies and gentlemen. Psalm 101, verse 7, No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. A lot of people are speaking falsely. Um, and lying by omission. And if the truth is out there and people are purposefully suppressing it or contorting it for political advantage, that's um, they're not only doing that to you and I and their political opponent, they're doing that to God. And um, you and I as Christians know that most of the people, this would be like talking Greek to them. Um, Proverbs 12.20, deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil. But those who promote peace have joy. This is um, a favorite of mine during these uh, tumultuous times. Psalm 55, 9. Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. The first part of that verse is very interesting to me. I have been in situations, uh, debates with people, uh, courtroom situations where people are lying through their teeth and they're getting away with it. And I'm telling you, if you ever have the misfortune of, of being in a situation like that, where somebody's lying through their teeth and the people they're lying to are buying it hook, line and sinker, pray this one over them. Psalm 55, nine, Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words. And anytime somebody's doing that, you just pray every day that uh, their lies are not smooth, they're tripped up, they stumble, they stutter, and they just cannot disseminate disinformation uh, with the alacrity that they are usually used to getting away with doing. So um, we'll wrap it up here with a couple of my favorites um, that I have gone to thousands of times and in these troubled times we have are very, very good verses and at the risk of being extraordinarily redundant i will quote them again james 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask god who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you in this day and age where um the places you go for truth you may not be getting truth because they're suppressing truth or somebody may be telling you it's truth and it's not truth um Close your eyes, go to your prayer closet, and uh, pray over James 1, 5. The Lord will give you wisdom. He will give you the ability, regardless of any uh, intellect uh, or education or proclivity to follow these things. He will open your eyes to what is true and what is not. Last, certainly not least, um, 
And this is what you uh, need to take heart in, guys, if you really feel that this thing is spinning off its axis and um, up is down, black is white, um, crazy is normal. Uh, if you feel like this thing is just spinning off its axis, take some solace in this verse, Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. There's a lot of people that want to bring this country down and they are um, just, they are mocking God. This is a country that God loves. We have Judeo-Christian laws and principles and um, they're trying to bring it down and God will not be mocked, ladies and gentlemen. He just will not be mocked. This is Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.